0: I'm Mark Richardson, and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series that's really designed to help remodelers take their game to the next level. This particular episode is really designed not only to give remodelers some insights, but most importantly, your remodeler may be sharing this with you as a client or homeowner to help you make the best decisions moving forward. This podcast series is supported by professional remodeler as well as the leading associations. Today, I want to talk about really 10 tips, 10 misconceptions, 10 insights on how to have a better remodeling experience. Unfortunately, unlike other professions, Remodeling is a profession that really has evolved, not necessarily has designed. So in many ways, it's a lot of trial and error. You know, most homeowners have lived in a home for most of their lives, so they come into this process with a lot of experience and a lot of baggage. Not necessarily a lot of home remodeling experience, but certainly they know what it's like to use a kitchen, or they love certain things in terms of finishes within their home, but they not They're not necessarily expert in the remodeling experience. You know, oftentimes the mistakes that homeowners make are they're made because of false positives, because of misconceptions that they have. And in this podcast episode, I'm going to attempt to try to break apart some of these and give you more food for thought to for things to think about. A little bit about my background because i think it does add a little bit of color to what we're talking about today my roots are actually in architecture my thesis in architecture school was many many years ago focused on design build and how to marry design and construction and the importance of those things together to create a great experience so i spent my career working with clients guiding them through the process oftentimes being at times a little bit of a therapist and a marriage counselor, but for the most part, you know, really trying to create the best remodeling experience and process not only for the client, but also for the business as well. So what I want to do is I want to take you through 10 somewhat random, but just important insights that you need to just put under your pillow and think about as you're deciding what you want to do with your modeler moving forward number one on my list is all projects are not created equal now this sounds a little bit like a play on words here however i think one misconception that clients have is they think about different projects in their home whether it's a kitchen a bathroom outdoor living deck you know, a dormer, and they think about, okay, all these projects are similar in terms of levels of complexity or simplicity, and therefore who to work with on these different types of projects. Yes, I think it is important to have to focus on the experience of the remodeling, not just the project of remodeling, but you also have to understand that projects really are different. A good way to think about this is think about projects in terms of a couple of categories or a couple of extremes. You have the more complex projects or rooms within the house. For example, take like a bathroom or a primary bathroom in particular. When you think about all the trades, all the different expertise within that small space, You have almost everyone that it takes to build a whole house in that space, and it tends to be in the private areas of your home, which in fact are really critical that you have the best experience. So it's a very complex project. While it doesn't seem that way, it absolutely is. You take the flip side of that, if you have a big deck that you're building, it's really one trade, it's one simple, it's open structure that you can see and really examine if, in fact, there's ever any issues or risks in the future. Now, I'm not advocating you should work with one type of contractor versus another to build a deck, but what I am saying, it's important that you at least acknowledge the level of complexity with certain types of projects, has to do with the kind of company and firm that you work with. For example, in a medical situation, if you have a simple medical procedure, it doesn't really matter kind of that level of experience, the particular doctor, because it's very simple. You might even go to the urgent care center to get something to take care of. However, if you have heart surgery that you do, you want to make sure that it is the best of the best that are accomplishing that for you. The risks are way too high when it comes to complex projects to work with the wrong kinds of folks. Number two on my list is being licensed and insured is not really a credential or certainly a guiding you in terms of who to work with. I would argue being licensed and insured in remodeling is like having a driver's license. That's it. It's no no more than that. Now, remodeling, if you want to understand a little bit better, is a very easy entry business. You know, we kid about this in the profession sometimes, but, you know, yes, you need the driver's license, you need a truck, and you need a skill saw, and you can be in the remodeling business. So as a result of being an easy entry business, you have a lot of businesses that come and go Fairly frequently. For example, Better Business Bureau has highlighted three out of five of these small businesses are out of business in five years. However, Harvard's done a deeper study. Nine out of 10 remodelers, and especially small remodelers, are out of business in 10 years. Now, as you're thinking about who to work with, the longevity of the business has a lot to do with who you want to work with. So it's really critical, given the easy entry business and the fact that 85%, roughly, the businesses that you're seeing out there driving around that do home remodeling are oftentimes businesses that do not have the level of insurance, they don't have the level of expertise. They're often very honest, hardworking people, but they're not necessarily the professional company. They don't have the levels of insurance. They don't have the level of expertise that's really required, especially for a little bit more complicated or complex projects. Okay, number three on my top ten list is more expensive is not necessarily better quality. Now, oftentimes we equate the cost of something to the quality of something when it comes especially to a product or a material that's out there. So let me give you some examples in home remodeling. Plumbing fixtures, for example. I work with Kohler on a national level, so I have a pretty good understanding of kind of the levels of quality. I've visited their factory multiple times. I understand kind of what it takes to build or make in a factory a plumbing fixture. Well, if you think about a toilet, for example, you can have a $300 toilet uh, that is just as good, if not better, quality as a $2,000 toilet. Now that's counterintuitive, so as you go out and think about the products, you really have to determine why is this thing more expensive. Well, in a simplistic kind of way, it's a supply and demand. If Kohler or other major plumbing manufacturers are making a hundred thousand of these a year versus a thousand of them a year, the cost per unit dramatically changes. There's also marketing costs and other elements that go into the process that get the cost per unit down. So when you think about the cost of a plumbing fixture, focus on not only the price but also focus not thinking that the more expensive one is a better quality this is also true with tile you know when you see tile for example you oftentimes think okay well it's only five or six dollars a square foot it must not be very good tile well the reality that tile could be just as good as a twenty dollar a dollar a square foot tile however the difference oftentimes again is in More how they're providing it to you. And certainly, lastly, and probably a very, very common one, is in cabinetry. I think oftentimes we think, oh, it must be a very, very good cabinet because it's more expensive. Not necessarily true. Uh, Stock cabinets are the price level that they want because they're made in a fashion that gives you less choices but certainly can give you the kind of quality you want. Then you have semi-custom, and then you have customized cabinets. Your price point goes up in cabinetry, not necessarily just in quality, but it goes in how it's manufactured and produced. So it's very important, I think, as you think about the products and the finishes, and you're guided by your remodeler in this, in that higher-priced materials aren't necessarily better-quality materials. And you've got to kind of distinguish the two. Okay, number four on my list. It's a little bit more general, but it's really important, and that is remodeling is just as much about the experience as it is about the project now you know when you're deciding who to work with you know try to move yourself away from the project itself a little bit and focus more on the relationship with the remodeler you know how well are they communicating do you trust them Are they responsive to your particular needs? You know, it's not necessarily about the project. Yes, you called them because you wanted to do a project, not because you wanted a new friend or you were lonely. However, at the end of the day, I think it's really important to make your decision in large part based on the relationship and not necessarily about the project. And that relationship has an experience to it. For example, when you're flying commercially, you determine, do I want to sit in coach or do I want to sit in first class? Now, I'm not judging which is better or worse, but I can tell you when you're given a cloth napkin versus a paper napkin and a bag of peanuts, it is a different experience flying in coach versus first class. So one of the things that you have to determine, what is the level of experience that I want in this remodeling relationship? And Therefore, you're going to see different levels of cost that's going to be required to have that experience, no different than flying first class being at least twice as much as flying in coach. So as you think about this when it comes to the experience, you know, part of what you want in working with a remodeler is the pace, the cadence in the project. Now, oftentimes I think about it as I'm trying to communicate to both remodelers and homeowners, that think of it like it's train travel. You have three different kinds of trains. You have the bullet train, which is going very fast, whether we see that over in France and going all the way down to Nice, very, very fast. It's going so fast you can't even really look out the window and enjoy the view. The good news is it gets you from A to B as quickly as possible and as safely in terms of that experience so if you want a very fast pace then that's what you need to communicate i think to your remodeler the other extreme is more the scenic train the train that travels in the canadian rockies and allows you kind of the savor the experience and takes literally days what it could take on the bullet take hours to be able to do so you have to determine and really Uh, articulate to the remodeler not only kind of what it is you want to do but also the pace that you want to make your decisions and selections and design as you're moving through. Another element when it comes to the, the remodeling experience is your level of involvement. You know, a lot of clients want to have more control, more involvement in the process, and some want the other extreme. And then lastly, do you really want more of a white glove experience, or do you want to have more of a kind of do-it-yourself experience? You know, I think when you think about all these different considerations, just focus on the relationship, not necessarily just the project. Number five on my list, is that there are multiple levels of remodeling you can do. You know, we have a tendency to oftentimes bail on projects because we think we have to do full gut and redo and major construction if, in fact, we want to remodel the bathroom or remodel the kitchen or different parts of our home. However, one way to think about it is that there's three levels of remodeling you can oftentimes do with different spaces. One is more of a refresh and cosmetic level of remodeling. The second is more intermediate, where you're replacing the key parts and just putting things back. And then the third is more of a custom redesign. Now, needless to say, as you're working with a remodeler, it's important that you at least discuss these different levels, because as you can imagine, you know you might be spending X for the, the refresh, and... And maybe 5X for the, for the custom approach. Uh, and I think making that part of your conversation. But don't assume that all remodeling projects are created equal or what you have to do to each part of the project is created equal. You can put the right amount of money in the right area and I think you can be, see a lot of success. Number six on my list of kind of these conceptions or false positives is working with a remodeler, especially a design-build type firm, is not the same as working with an independent architect. Now, I'm not here to judge whether one is better or worse than the other, but what I am saying with absolute certainty is it's a different process. Now, as you think back and at what is different about the process, there are two primary things. The design build remodeler, which oftentimes is a marriage between the design and the the construction, is a faster process. Why? Because you have the design and construction working together and moving through the process faster. It's going to be a faster process. Now, you may want to be on that scenic train, and therefore that's irrelevant to you, but it is a faster process than it is going out, developing conceptual plans with an independent architect, then coming in and getting some preliminary budgeting, doing more plans, then getting the bids. And then oftentimes there's redesign to those things, and it just takes a long time, and eventually you get the project complete. The second is that the costs. Now, a lot of times, uh, people think, okay, if I'm hiring an independent architect, if I'm decoupling some of these things, it's going to be less expensive. It's not going to be less expensive. It's going to be more expensive. And it's not going to be more expensive because of the individual fees alone, it's going to be more expensive because the design builder modeler is going to be making the decisions with budget in mind and with knowledge of what things cost. So when you have that layered into the decision process, It is in fact gonna be a more economical process than working with an independent. uh. And then the last one is kind of the, the likelihood of something getting built. Now, needless to say, you didn't call the remodeler or the architect because you were, again, just looking for a relationship or just experimenting with ideas. You really had a need, you had a pain, you had a project that you wanted to try to accomplish. However, statistically, working with an independent architect or designer, only about 30 or 40% of those projects ever get built whereas with a design build or a full service type remodeler, it's about 90-95% of those projects get built. Now, why is that? It primarily has to do with the the knowledge and the cost of the project as you're moving through. While I think the architect and the designer have tremendous competencies when it comes to ideas and direction, oftentimes they don't appreciate kind of the latest of what's going on with construction costing, price escalation, uh, delays in materials, all these kind of things that influence the cost of a project. They're oftentimes not able to plug that in because they don't have some of that intimate knowledge. So if in fact you want to go one direction or another, no problem. It doesn't doesn't matter in uh, in 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 terms of having a successful experience. But do not assume for the moment that is the same process. Uh, number seven on my list is it's very important to focus on your budget and not necessarily the contractor's estimate. Yes, of course you need an estimate. You need to have them put together a proposal of what they think the construction is going to cost. But when you're going into the relationship and you're trying to judge who to work with, you know, it's important, I think, to focus on your budget. Think of it more like other major purchases. You know, when you go out, for example, and you think about buying a house— Uh, You don't go out and negotiate with a whole bunch of houses on how they can get the price down on that particular house. No, you say, okay, what we would like to spend on this. And you work with a realtor who will be your tour guide to find or trying to find a match of that level of home that you're looking for. Similarly, I think with remodeling, if you can establish what level of investment you're comfortable with after discussing it with a professional remodeler, it's really more about how can they bundle and package the right kind of project for you. When you really boil down, and this is something a lot of people don't, ex- don't really realize, that most remodeling businesses out there, their targeted net, net profit on projects are only 5 to 10%. Yes, they have gross profit project gross profit on projects that pay for the rent and the insurance and all of those kind of things. But the margins that they're really looking for are relatively thin and therefore if there's a difference between one remodeler being at Hundred and fifty thousand and then someone else being at one hundred and twenty thousand, it's not because of the net profit difference, it's oftentimes how that experience is being paid for and the products and services that they're including in the project. So If you can focus more on thinking about and discussing and making budgeting more of a dialogue with your modeler rather than a drum roll in their price, I think you're going to have a better experience. Number eight on my list is one misconception a lot of people have is, well, I can move versus remodel. And of course you can do that. But one interesting thing, and we did this study many years ago, the act of moving, the act of moving, is about 10 to 20% of the cost of the new house. So what do I mean by that? Most people have to sell their existing house to buy the new house. So you've got real estate commissions, you've got transfer taxes, you've got moving costs. Think about also positioning your existing home to sell so you have those expenses. And then once you move into the new house, inevitably you're always going to put some money into that new house. And when you total all those elements together, generally it's about 10 to 20% of the cost of the new house. So as you think about, should I move or should I stay?, It's really mostly about, do I like my location? Do I like my existing? But economically, it doesn't necessarily make sense because you can take that money and put it right back into the existing home, and I think you can be a lot more uh, fulfilled and successful versus uh, that. Okay, we're almost finished here. I've got two more to go. Nine is... A misconception a lot of people have is change orders in a remodeling projects are bad. Matter of fact, many homeowners think the word change order is a verb, not a noun. The reality is a change order or an addendum, while it's not necessarily something that most professional remodelers strive for, it's just a formal way to communicate. It's just natural that it's going to happen in the course of the project. It's one reason, for example, many years ago, we changed the word to addendum, not change order, because it wasn't as scary. What you need is formal ways to communicate. What you need is have an understanding with your modeler, what are those things that might adjust along the way, but you also don't want to, as a homeowner, be wearing a straitjacket on all those decisions, whether specifications and finishes that you made months and months ago that you've oftentimes woken up and realized that there's a slightly different way of doing things. I think another dynamic when it comes to addendums and change orders is once you start to get enthused and you seize and you start to feel comfortable with the levels of investment that are going into this, you know, it's really normal to add on additional things to the project. You don't necessarily have to have everything included in the core package, but I think that's a normal process as well. But don't necessarily be too nervous and fearful of adjustments and changes as you go because that's just normal, I think, to the process. And number 10 on my list, and this is a little bit more, I think, philosophical or a little bit more of a theme, and that is your project may be finished, but your house is never done. You know, as I've reflected back to literally the hundreds and even thousands of clients and homeowners I've worked with over the years, I think the ones that are the happiest the happiest, are realized that their home is really more of an extension just to themselves. And as they go through the remodeling journey, they're going to make adjustments to this home as their family is growing, as their circumstances are changing, as their financial uh, opportunities out there allow them. You know, and even as technologies and as we start to kind of experience, I think, life at home, COVID has been a real silver lining for the remodeling industry in that, you know, it's forced homeowners to really have a higher appreciation of their home. But I think the more that you realize that, you know, everything I'm doing today is just a snapshot. It's not a movie of what this home ultimately can become. So with that being said, I think as you're thinking about, you know, look at your projects that you're doing. They're the things that you have to do. You have to do because you can't let the house die. There's the things that you want to do that respond to your family and your your immediate kind of yearnings. And then there's that master plan, the things down the road that you want to accomplish. And I think the more that you're working with remodelers on all three of those levels, but most importantly, don't get frustrated by not being able to eat everything in one meal. You know, phase the projects and have it respond to what your kind of lifestyles and certainly your pace in terms of uh, being able to do the right things at the right time. So I want to thank everybody, both the remodelers and as well as the homeowners that the remodelers have shared this episode with to hopefully give you a little bit better insights and have a really, really good remodeling experience. Take care, everybody.